This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back to the X-One, everyone. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and around the world on the X-One Broadcast Network and our broadcast affiliates and satellite programming providers. If you'd like to find out about us, it's very simple. On all social media sites, X-One Radio TV. Our website is www.xzoneradiotv.com. And for the X-One Broadcast Network to find out all about our shows, the great hosts we have, the shows in our broadcast schedule, visit www.xzbn.net. We're going to be talking this hour about a new book that is just out. It's called Alien World Order, The Reptilian Plan to Divide and Conquer the Human Race. And it is by a gentleman I've had the pleasure of meeting in person as well as here on the show a number of times, Len Caston. Len is a UFO researcher and freelance writer. He is a former member of the National Investigation Committee on Aerial Phenomenon and the Mutual UFO Network, a feature writer with more than 50 published articles in Atlantis Rising and New Dawn magazines, and the author of The Secret History of Extraterrestrials and Secret Journey to Planet Serpo. He lives in Casa Grande, Arizona, and joining me now is Len Caston. And Len, welcome back to the X-Zone. Hi, Rob. Nice to be with you. Nice talking to you, Len. Uh, I've got to tell you, The good people at uh, Bear and Company sent me a copy of your book uh, a couple of weeks ago. And I I get a number of books here on a weekly basis. Your book kind of grabbed my attention, and I want to thank you for a couple of sleepless nights. uh, (laughs) Because instead of sleeping, I ended up reading your book. And and, and that is not something I usually do, Lynn. But I, I know you. I know your passion. I know the way that that you like to dig into a subject and, and, and totally exhaust any and every uh, route before you write things. So why don't you tell us, first of all, a little bit about what was it that drove you to write your new book, Alien World Order, The Reptilian Plan to Divide and Conquer the Human Race? Well, the more I investigated the claims of David Icke and some others, I mm-hmm. began to see the connection 
But the, of course, the precipitating factor was uh, coming across the book by Robert Morning Sky, which is very, very difficult to get, and uh, is really not. In, it's really not had, has not been published. Uh, so I had kind of um, secret access to it, really, mm-hmm. and that was the key. That was the thing that pushed me over and decide, made me decide to do this, to do the book. A lot of people have read the articles by David Icke and have heard about the reptilians. And the majority of people say, no way, no way. What did you find during your research? Are reptilians real? Absolutely. There's no question about it anymore. I mean, it's coming in from a number of sources. Mm -hmm. Anybody who goes on YouTube will get deluged with stories about the reptilians. Do you think it could have, there could have, I'm sorry for cutting you off, I didn't think that you were, you, I'm sorry, I thought you were finished, but is, is it possible that the snake in the Garden of Eden was not the serpent that we associate snakes with, but was actually a reptilian? Well, that's my point of view, yeah, I made wow. that point of view in the, in the book, yes, yes, I think so, because that particular account by, in Genesis mm-hmm. uh, of creation does not match with anything else. There were two, there were two distinct descriptions of the creation of the human race and that one is not the right one uh the other one that says male and female he created them that's the correct i think the correct uh narrative how long did it take you to write this book like it's got great color plates in it it's got it's filled with information what is it uh i think it's just over 300 pages yes right 314 Uh, pages yeah yes it took about a year rob was there just about, a year. Uh, just about a year, and I know that you're a busy guy uh, doing lectures. You go to symposiums, exhibitions. Uh, where did you find the time to slide a book in? Well, I had I had a period of time where I was less active uh, doing some of my consulting work, which I do also. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do some I do some uh, software consulting as well, and uh, it just fit in nicely into my schedule. But I was really determined to write this because I felt the timing. It was important to get it, this information out now. Uh, and, and as they some, say, timing some reason, is... And I'm not sure why, actually. And as they say, timing is everything. Speaking about timing, my friend, you and I have to take a commercial break, so please stand by. Exonation, our special guest this hour, is a gentleman I've had the pleasure of meeting in person and talking to a number of times here on the Exxon. Len Caston is his name. We're talking to Len about his new book, Alien World Order, The Reptilian Planet to Divide and Conquer the Human Race. And you can visit uh, Len's website at www.et-secrethistory.net. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, Len Caston, and I return on the other side of this break. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. 
Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere, Florida. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine such as hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining rooms can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you visit, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic downtown Felsmere. Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, Old Florida cuisine at its best. If you're a seeker, don't miss the inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening, Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles shamanic counselor and indigenously trained dream decoder, Sandra Cochran's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers throughout the Americas. Sandy's initiations across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt, combined with her knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth, influence her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private readings, Sacred International Journeys, a meditative CD, and her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate your earthwalk and create a deeper connection to yourself. Find this and more at her website, starwalkervisions.com. Welcome back, everyone. Lynn Caston is our special guest. Lynn has a brand new book that is out. It's called Alien World Order, The Reptilian Plan to Divide and Conquer the Human Race. You know, long ago, the Galactic Federation sent the Atlantans, a fierce group of humans from the Pleiades, to Earth to confront the newest colony of the combative, ever-spreading alien race known as Reptilians. The ensuing battles sank the continent of Lemuria and drove the reptilians underground beneath the Indian subcontinent as well as to Antarctica. Able to shapeshift to appear human, the reptilians then infiltrated the Atlantean civilization, abducting humans and creating reptilian hybrids. 
As Len Kasten shows in this groundbreaking work, this technique of infiltration and hybridization prior to an all-out attack has been the hallmark of reptilian conquest throughout the galaxy. For more information on Len, his website is www.et-secrethistory.net. During the commercial break, we briefly talked about the book that was written by Dr. David Jacobs, can you can you ta- can we bring our, our audience into the discussion that we were having? Certainly, uh, David's new book, "The uh, Walking Among Us: The Alien Plan to Control Humanity," mm-hmm. uh, he touched on uh, a major segment of this story, but he didn't go he didn't go further because he's a very careful researcher, and uh, he wanted to limit his story to just the fact that so many hybrids have been created and are being created constantly uh and and that's that's the reason that he's this particular book is a good uh introduction to mine really i'd just like to share with our listeners len uh the um the three parts of your book in part one it's called the era of the first star wars uh some of the chapters include the green world and beyond the empire of death queen of stars the allegiance or i'm sorry the alliance the Queen's Flagship and Star Wars, Part 2 is Reptilian Colonies on Earth, and Part 3 is Modern World Wars and Beyond. Uh, interesting book, Len. Congratulations on a great book, and uh, like I said, filled with pictures, filled with uh, color plates. Only one thing, Exonation, when you pick it up and start reading it, forget it. You know, you're, you're going to keep on going. It's just one of those books. Uh, I, Len, I was wondering if you could explain to our listeners the fourth dimension and how the reptilian race is able to impact the human race that is here in the third dimension. Well, they do it primarily through what we call the dreamscape. Uh, they, what we what we consider lucid dreaming is mm-hmm. really taking place in the dreamscape, and they uh, inhabit the lower fourth dimension. That's really the, where they reside. And in order to come into the third dimension, it takes a lot of energy uh that's why they they actually require human flesh and blood to do that and uh james bartley talked about that at length and several of the writers have talked about it i uh, have a lot of information stuart verdlow is another one the 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 point is that from that vantage point they have con- they were able to control us completely because oh, we're not we're not able to enter into that realm consciously and the only way we'll be able to do that is as we expand our consciousness, mm-hmm. which they're afraid of, and they're trying to keep us from doing. If once we expand our consciousness, they will no longer have that control. In your book, uh, Len, uh, Plate Twenty One, leaked photo of U.S. dumb base. Are these the underground bases that you talk about in your book? Yes, absolutely. Uh, the, the one I made, the one I focus in on, is the, the one in in northern New Mexico. Um, that's, of course, the Dulce base is the most well-known and the most famous. And that's the one that uh, Phil Schneider talked about before mm-hmm. he was killed and um, many others. So, and I've, and I've given a, a, a schematic of that particular base in the book. Yeah. Um, how many underground bases are there in the third dimension that are basically reptilian bases? Presently on Earth, based on your investigation into the uh, into the subject, in, in the third dimension, did yes, you say third dimension? Yeah. Well, Schneider said there were, he worked on personally worked on 130. Wow. 
So they're all over the globe, and uh, the, the uh, underground United States is riddled with them. And uh, as I pointed out in the book, they have a high-speed train system that runs at supersonic speeds that crosses the United States. So they can be anywhere in a matter of an hour uh, in the third dimension. But from the fourth dimension, it's a whole different story. So how do, how do, they, how do they interact from the fourth dimension to the, those of us in the third dimension? They do it two ways. In an article that I just wrote for New Dawn magazine, I, I made I discussed that and explained it. They do it. They do it primarily through. Uh, they do it two ways. They do it during abductions. Mm-hmm. Even though they dwell underground, they have spacecraft that can come up above the ground and take off for the stars if they want to. So they can they can appear to be coming from outer space when they're really coming from underneath. Uh, so they have, they've been abducting millions and millions of people all over the world. That story, of course, is well known by now. And then the other thing that they do is they uh, and so and so a lot of the programming takes place on the spacecraft. However, because they have control over the dreamscape, people can be programmed while they sleep in their own beds, and that happens that happens probably more than the abduction scenario. But in any case, they're, mm-hmm. they're creating hybrids at a very rapid clip now. And eventually they're hoping to start replacing humans with hybrids all over the globe. Based on your research, is it true that the reptilians have been here on Earth longer than humans? Yes, absolutely. They were here first. Uh, according to Stuart Sverdlow, who I relied on heavily uh, for his cosmology and for his archaeological information, they really arrived here about a million years ago. And uh, they came here to to uh, do, do whatever they wanted to do with mm-hmm. our planet before any, anybody else, any humans appeared on, on Earth. And when they came, when they arrived, they destroyed a planet that was uh, the third planet in line in our solar system that we called Maldek. They literally destroyed it completely, uh, and it became the asteroid belt. After that, they moved our planet into the third position from the sun. They have that technology to do that. They're able to move huge death stars around and planets around and hollow them out. They've got tremendous technology, tremendous technology. Is their is their main goal to enslave humanity? Then they already have enslaved the inhabitants of twenty one star systems in this galaxy, according to uh, several writers, uh, Alex Collier, uh, West Penry, and many others, uh, Branton. Uh, so we're the new frontier for them. Uh, they want to take over this particular solar system because it it's very strategic. It's a very strategic solar system. And uh, that's their goal here, is to take possession of this particular, the entire solar system. Why are we so strategic, Len? Well, for the, for, for the most part, it has to do with what they call the, uh, what, what, they, what they, the reptilians call the Peshmeten. That's their language, mm-hmm. which means it's the, it's the broad highway that goes from the outer fringe of the galaxy to the central central portion of the galaxy. It's like the Route 95 of the galaxy. 
And so uh, they control that. And they have controlled it for many, many, many thousands of years. Uh, so the other thing about Earth is that it's also a tremendous diversity of flora and fauna not found very easily anywhere else in the galaxy. Uh, it's a very unusual planet. So this particular solar system is important to them and uh, for many strategic reasons. And that's, that's probably their main motivation. Well, I was wondering if you could um, discuss the nature and makeup of the reptilian race. What can you tell us about them? Well, according to to uh, to the book by Robert Morning Sky, which is really my main was main, my main authority, uh, they have the ability to. Uh, originally, they had the ability to fly. Actually, mm-hmm. they had wings, and uh, that's because Morning Sky claims they evolved from a species of dragonfly millions of years ago, and that gave them the edge on their particular planet which uh, Morning Sky calls the Green World, but really was a, a planet in the Draco, Draco star system. So he claims they evolved from the dragonfly over millions of years, whereas Swerdlow takes the position that they just appeared there. And we don't know where they, where they came from or how they evolved, just as we don't know how the human race appeared in this galaxy, which they did in the star system Lyra, uh, many, many light years distant from uh, Draco. So we, we were living, the humans were living on, in Lyra, the reptilians were living in Draco, and what happened was eventually, since they had very sophisticated spacefaring technology, they eventually encountered Lyra, they attacked Lyra, they slaughtered 50 million humans and destroyed three planets, and that was the beginning of the whole uh, let's just say the whole struggle that we have with the reptilians. That was that was where it all started. What is the connection between the reptilians and the Nazi party? Well, in the research I did for Secret Journey to Planet Serpo, mm-hmm. I realized that the reptilians had helped the Nazis in many ways. And in fact, they had a colony under Antarctica uh, for many thousands of years. Wow. And they invited their Nazi colleagues to have their colony there. So that was the connection between the Nazis and the, uh, the reptilians. The Nazis built their base in Antarctica in 1938, which was even before World War II. And uh, because the reptilians were helping them with their technology, and they were really connected. And so that's the, that's the connection. Apparently, the reptilians were backing the Nazis for several reasons. Fascism, in and of itself, is basically a form of enslavement of everyone else on the planet. Right. And that's basically the reptilian approach also. So they were the ones that were motivating the fascist takeover, and they hoped and thought that it would be worldwide. But unfortunately for them, it wasn't. Fortunately for us, it wasn't. Um, Where do you think... Or what do you think the stellar origin of the reptilians' um, race actually comes from? Do we have any idea? Yeah. Morning Sky tells us, and others have validated this, that it comes from the constellation Draco, which is about 300 light years from our solar system. 
Wow. And uh, they inhabited several planets in the Draco star system, which is a very large star system, mm-hmm. by the way. And so uh, that's all we know. But Morning Sky claims they, they evolved from dragonflies on, on their planet in Draco. We don't know that. It's a stretch. Um, according to Alex Collier, according to Stuart Ferdlow, they just appeared in Draco that they could have come from another dimension. They could have come from another time system. But we they just don't come- know where they come from. We don't know where they came from. Len, stand but by. We, we, do know, we do know they were here first. That's all we know. All right. Len Kasten is my guest. www.et-secrethistory.net. And Len will be back with me on the other side of this news break discussing his new book, Alien World Order, The Reptilian Plan to Divide and Conquer the Human Race. And it is published by our good friends at Baron Company. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Len Kasten and I return on the other side of the news. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at... Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, 
X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. Welcome back, one and all. This is The Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and Caston is our special guest this hour. He's got a brand new book out entitled Alien, Wor- A- Alien World Order, The Reptilian Plan to Divide and Conquer the Human Race. His website, www.et-secrethistory.net. Well, first of all, Len, congratulations on the new book. Thank you so much for coming on the show to share with our listeners. Thank you, Rob. Uh, Len, I was wondering if you could tell us the what the relationship between the reptilians and the greys are or is. Uh, the, repti- the reptilians are really the, the dominant uh, uh, race they control the greys completely the greys are really um, hybrids they're a hybrid creation and according to my uh, investigation my mm-hmm. research they're a sort of a cross between uh, a civilization from Sirius Sirius constellation and the reptilians and uh, the reptilians have created a lot of robotic uh, civil, uh, say, say species like that they have that technology they have cloning technology they have all of that they've had it for millions of years and I made that point in, in the early part of my book but so uh, the greys sort of carry out the uh, the drudgery work they do the abductions and uh, and they uh, find it easier to coexist in the third dimension than the reptilians do. So the reptilians enter the picture when they need to. Gotcha. And I was wondering if you could explain to us how the reptilian bloodlines connect them to the Illuminati. Okay, according to, to David Icke and others, um, according to Sverdlo, uh, hybrid, hybrid, hybrid individuals who have about 45% Reptilian blood, uh, they tend they tend to be considered to be the Illuminati because 
they are given the best jobs on the planet. They are all very, very wealthy, and they control the banks, they control the media, they control us, period. They control what uh, the the movie with uh, Keanu Reeves was in, The Matrix. Right. Because we, we live in The Matrix, and we live in The Matrix that they have created for us. Uh, and that the, the, the reptilian bloodline contains a very high uh, component of copper, and the copper gives their, their blood a bluish tint, and that's why they become known down through history as the Blue Bloods, who really ruled all, the, all of Western civilization through, uh, through their uh, hierarchy, through the hierarchies. Uh, and uh, that's where the term Blue Bloods comes from. So uh, as far as their, their mission, are all um, reptilians evil and intent on conquering the human race? You know, the word evil is not, is, not a, is not a word that really applies here. And the reason for that is that the reptilians do not have a heart chakra. They don't have the ability to love at all. That's, they're built just to, to be warlike and to dominate throughout the galaxy. That's all they do. Hmm. In other words, when they explore a new, a new solar system or a new planet, they're not going there to uh, introduce themselves to the, to the, to the inhabitants and hope, hope to have a nice relationship with them. They're there to dominate and to find whatever they can use and to use it for their, uh, their own use, their own ends. That's just their nature. Could it be, uh, could not, it be said not, that? It's not, however, it's not our nature. Could it be said then, Len, that the reptilians represent an other species in the universe, that the reptilians are their, their workforce, their army, and that the reptilians have the greys as, as their, their workers? Is it possible that there is a, a higher, a higher hierarchy within what we know to be the reptilians right now that is yet to be discovered? It's very possible, but it's very hard to conceive of any civilization that would have as much power and as much domination as the reptilians. Mm. Uh, to, to be able to control 21 star systems and to set up a system that works to administer those 21 star systems, which I, which I do discuss in the book, uh, that takes a tremendous amount of uh, development. And uh, there, may be, there may be species in this galaxy that are much more advanced than the reptilians, but we have no no contact with their with with them as enemies we do know about the federation however and that's a whole different story we can talk about the federation uh if you'd like to get into that subject now well before before i get into the into the um federation uh once again going into your book um i, I love the color plates um plate one is a reptile reptoid warrior and then Plate number two is normally figures 19,000 years old, and they definitely look reptilian. Yes, absolutely, they do. So, so course, after, reading, after reading your book, Len, I, I, I'm starting to think that everything we think we know isn't the truth. Well, you know, we've never really understood our origins, human origins. It's, it's been debated for many, many. You know, certainly, Darwin did not have the answers. We know mm -hmm. that. Uh, there's no connection between, for instance, between us and and the uh, uh, the species immediately preceding ours. So, uh, it it we needed answers to these to these riddles, mm -hmm. and uh, this is an answer. 
we don't we don't we know we haven't been on this planet very long. Uh, Sverdlov says forty thousand years. That the human, what we call Homo sapiens sapiens, is about forty thousand years old. That's when we were created. So the reptilians were here uh, two or three hundred thousand years before that. Uh, it's a long and complicated story. Let's put it that way. Also, in, I'm yeah. sorry. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. And you know, it's a it's a very 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 large galaxy, and there are entities much superior much superior to us and much superior to the reptilians out there. And fortunately, we have a lot of them on our side and are helping. they're helping us. But they can't do it for us. All they can do for us is help us to expand our consciousness. And that's what they have been doing. And that's the, that's the key. That's the key to us uh, resisting what the, what the reptilians are trying to do to us, which is to enslave us. In your book, uh, Plate Number 8 is, is a... A painting of King Clovis. What is his connection to your book, uh, Alien or World Order? Well, the the reptilians were really behind the advent of the Catholic Church through Constantine and through the Roman Church, and uh, Clovis was the key to uh, the Catholic Church taking over pretty much all of, all the whole civilized world. Uh, his conquests. In the 8th century, I believe it was, I can't recall, um, made the difference. It was the breakthrough that started the Holy Roman Empire. And that's why the publisher thought it was important to uh, to put that plate in there, and I agreed with him. You were you were talking about the Federation, and and uh, I, 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 I kind of veered away from that to talk about a couple of plates. But tell us about the Federation. Well, when, when, the, uh, when the reptilians attacked Lyra and destroyed three Lyran planets and slaughtered 50 million. Those humans on Lyra, or in the Lyran system, that had spacefaring technology scattered. They scattered throughout the galaxy. Mm-hmm. And uh, as the others developed spacefaring technology, they also inhabited other star systems. But they always stayed in touch with each other, and that became the human. That became a human diaspora, you might call it, in this galaxy. Because now we had human civilizations all over the galaxy. If that hadn't happened, uh, we might never have left Lyra. But because of that, we scattered to several different star systems, and including another galaxy, the Andromeda Galaxy. So, but we, st- but they stayed. The human stayed in touch with each other, and eventually created what we now know as the, as the Federation. Uh, initially, they called themselves the Galactic Federation. Uh, some call it the Galactic Federation of Light. And some call it the collective. No matter what you want to call it, those 110 civilizations uh, are what we call the Federation. If the reptilians are as bad as as you as you say they are, and I, I'm not doubting you whatsoever, why doesn't the Federation do something about it? Because we have free will, ah. and they they're hoping that we will eventually get to the point where we they we will not need their physical help or their, let's just say, military assistance, which they can, they have the weaponry to destroy uh, reptilian bases all over the planet if they choose to. They're not going to do it for us. They're waiting for us to develop a point of expanded consciousness, uh, at which point the hundredth monkey concept will take over and spread rapidly, and also our technology. And once we've reached that point, the game is over. 
we don't need them anymore, really. We've become part of the Federation. So that's what they're hoping for. They're hoping that we will do it ourselves. They're not, they're not going to do it for us. That's, that's the, that's the ballgame. Well, how can people listening tonight, Len, start to expand their own consciousness? Okay, for anyone that's, that's, that has the book, uh, there is an appendix in the book. Uh, it's titled Appendix C, and uh, my title for that appendix is The Path to Victory. The Path to Victory yeah. was written essentially by an, an extraterrestrial named Kyla, K-H-Y-L-A, who is from the Procyon star system. Uh, Procyon is a member of the Federation. They were a member of the Federation. However, the reptilians basically enslaved, enslaved them. The Greys did, did it, actually, and they became refugees. So Kyla is essentially a refugee from Procyon, and he's the one that wrote that particular appendix, giving us the key to how to, to win this game. And the way to do it is we have to expand our consciousness. And he gives, he gives us instructions as to how to do that, how to focus our attention on certain things and how to make sure that we focus on the light, the light in the galaxy, not the dark. And as we do that, we, as we grow more and more in consciousness, eventually the game will be over because the reptilians depend on us being dumb and dumber. They, they just have they, they do all they want to do is keep us dumb and dumber and keep our consciousness at a low level. Once we start to expand that, then that's it. The ball game's over. It seems that we're doing that uh, on a daily basis when we We are doing it. Yeah. Yes, we are doing it more and more and it's yeah. um, seeing signs of it happening more and more. I'm sure that it can be accomplished much faster if everyone put down their iPad, their their iPhone, and started thinking for themselves instead of being manipulated by the, the media, as well as the manufacturers of a lot of the software that is out there that is dumbing well, like The people. Illuminati have given us this, these toys to play with yeah. to distract us from what we have to do, which is to focus on expanding consciousness. These but, are just games they've given us to, to keep us at a low level of consciousness. You know, uh, smart cars, uh, I, you know, these smart cars do everything for you. I call smart cars make dumb people. Yeah, exactly. And smartphones, too. Exactly, exactly. Len, stand by. You and I have to take our final break for this uh, hour. Exonation, Len Caston is our special guest. We're talking to Len about his new book entitled Alien World Order, The Reptilian Plan to Divide and Conquer the Human Race. And if you'd like more information about Len, his website is wwwet secrethistory. Net. Len Caston and I will return on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. To find out about all the programming that we have, 724-365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, and to listen to our live feed, all you have to do is go to www.xzbn.net.
This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? I'm Dr. Kimberly McGeorge, and on The Secret to Everything, we will merge the practical with open investigation into all realms of the mysterious. We will talk to cutting-edge alternative health practitioners, those who inspire and motivate you in business and life, and of course, we will share stories of the paranormal, conspiracy, and cryptozoology. You will transform because of the frequency I carry, the frequencies my guests carry. Life may never be the same after you listen to this program, for the secret to everything is for you, the listener, for those who desire more in every area of their lives and believe that it can still be found. Listen and discover thesecrettoeverything.com. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, 
and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an eight-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Len Kasten is our guest, www.et-secrethistory.net. Len has a new book out entitled Alien World Order, The Reptilian Plan to Divide and Conquer the Human Race. And it's available everywhere, online and offline. And once again, uh, Len's website is www.et-secrethistory.net. Len, um... What are the major Illuminati organizations or groups that, that you were able to discover and expose? Well, primarily we know, of, of course, about the Freemasons, and probably that is their major, their major organization. They have many others, uh, but that seems to be the primary one. And most of the high Illuminati are at the highest uh, levels of the Freemasons up 33 degree, 33rd degree and even above 33rd degree and they are let in on the they are let in on the secrets uh, those in third degree and below just get some a smattering of, uh, of innocuous information but once they get up there towards the 33rd degree which by the way Harry Truman was and uh, many others that we know of they run the economy they run the financial system throughout the world uh, they run the media and uh, so they have control over our consciousness, basically. And they can, they can produce the kind of propaganda that keeps them, in, keeps them in power and keeps us in the dark. Would you say that the new president of the United States is well aware of these reptilians and the Illuminati and who's involved and what they're up to? You know, I don't know. I don't know what he's all about at this point. I do mm-hmm. know that, of course, being a billionaire, he's up there with... The rest of the uh, Illuminati, who are right. all extremely wealthy, um, he seems to be a rogue. He seems to be a renegade, but that that may be just an illusion. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I do know that uh, certain times when he's when he's been photographed sitting in a conference, he has his fingers and his hands in the in the traditional Illuminati signal. Really, his fingers. Yes. So that that made me think that. Probably he is. He is an Illuminati. Yes. What weren't there several pictures of George Bush, with the with the hand and finger signals of the Illuminati taken throughout his presidency? Yeah, the the finger signals where they show the two horns. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. Bush has been photographed that way many times. Uh, um, Trump has not. Trump makes a, a small circle with his hand, and that's also another one. Another one. You notice that whenever he gesticulates when he's speaking, he makes these small circles with his yes. fingers yeah and but he also when he's sitting down he makes a triangle with his two hands and that's a classic uh symbol of the illuminati well i'm sure our audience is going to pay a lot more attention to the president when he's uh, speaking uh, on television thanks to you lynn um how do the the reptilians connect with uh, transhumanization as well as the 
new artificial intelligences that are being brought forward these days? That's part of this. That's part of their long-term strategy is to create robotic individuals. Once, once a, once we become cyborgs, that is part human and part machine, mm-hmm. we can be plugged into a central computer, and so we can be totally controlled at that point. So once the planet, we as humans are spiritually controlled, we're spiritually connected to the higher dimensions. Once they get rid of all the spiritual humans on the planet, or most of them, and replace them with hybrids or with cyborgs or with robots, Mm -hmm. they essentially then will control the planet completely. So transhumanism is uh, what's – that's the latest form of robotic creation. Uh, But robotics is is accelerating so fast now, and artificial intelligence is growing so fast that pretty soon – we will be dealing with robots on a regular basis, just as though they were humans, uh, just as just like in the movie Blade Runner, which was really a very prophetic uh, movie, very prophetic book by Philip K. Dick. It, it sounds as if we're talking about a mixture of Blade Runner as well as some other movies, including uh, Star Trek with the with the Borg, the Collective. Well, Star Trek is the good is the good outcome. When we're when we're cruising, when when the human race has reached a point of maturity where we mm-hmm. can cruise the galaxy and help our fellow humans, that's the good guys. Uh, the Blade Runner is the other extreme. Right. And if you recall, in Blade Runner, the only way they could tell a human from a robot was through a very very sophisticated eye test. Do you remember that? Vaguely, uh, yeah. That was the only way they could do it. They could determine because the robots were so human like. And I, I think Philip K. Dick has written so many, so many prophetic books. That was one of his best ones by far. Where do you think we stand now when it comes to the possible takeover of humanity by the reptilians? Are we, are we at the point of no return yet? Well, I just wrote an article for New Dawn magazine, and I named it a time of crisis because I see this now as a time of, uh, of where we're sort of evenly, evenly matched now, mm-hmm. almost. Because we are so large in number, seven billion, they are—they have a very relatively small contingent here on this planet, living underground, very, very deep underground, as far down as 200 miles, actually. Uh, Alex Collier says it's only about 2,000, but I—I I think that's deceptive because I, we know they have spacefaring technology. We know they can travel back and forth to Draco if they choose to. Uh, they could have—they could have brought in a lot more. Uh, by now, so we don't know the numbers. We don't know the numbers, but we do know that we're at a sort of an an equal an equal point right now, mm-hmm. where humans have really started to become very sophisticated in many ways, especially spiritually. It's not it's not it's not religion essentially, per se. It's just spirituality. We're growing in spirituality. We're, we're becoming more more mature, spiritually mature. And as we do that, we're out of reach. They can't touch us anymore. And then we can start to take over, and then we will become Star Trek. We will become Star Trek because because um, Star Trek is our is our future and should be our future, and I believe it will be our future. The um, the the reptilians could they be looked upon as the Nephilim in the Bible? In the fallen angels, yes. You mean the fallen angels, yeah. Uh, they could be, yes, they could be, and I think they've been confused with them. Um, 
I think there's a lot of confusion. I don't think Sitchin really had the right story, by the way. Okay. So um, he didn't he didn't really talk about the reptilians because he didn't know about them or he didn't want to get involved in that story. I don't know. I do think that they since the reptilians can be very very tall, up to 18 feet tall, mm-hmm. that they could be considered giants. Yes, possibility. But I don't know for sure. I can't answer that question, really. Do you think there's any connection between the Sasquatch or the Bigfoot and reptilians, or are these two different species? I think they're two different species. I think the uh, the Sasquatch were here like the reptilians for many, many thousands of years, mm-hmm. probably living underground. I don't think they come from another planet at all. And when it comes to the... Um, let's just look at some of the most recent UFO cases, and let's go start at Roswell. Was Roswell a crash of a reptilian gray ship? No, I made that point in my book, uh, Secret Journey to Planet Circle. They were aliens from the star system Zeta Reticuli. Ah, okay. And they were nice guys. They were nice guys. They did, they've never abducted anybody. Mm-hmm. They're not trying to control us. They were simply here to to explore Earth and our solar system and to bring back with them uh, body parts if they could find them <laughs> for their experimentations and biotechnology and all that. But they're, they're, not, they're not our enemies. In fact, they have helped us a lot with our technology since, since Roswell. And we have actually traveled to their star system on alien, on alien spacecraft. So that's a whole different story. Whole different story. Uh, yeah, because it's, you know, I, I'm sure people are listening tonight and they're saying, my gosh, reptilians, greys, UFOs. How could the government and other world powers deny the existence with so much evidence out there? Well, you know, they're very good at keeping that under wraps. It, they, they can, uh, they can, they can, the way, the way they color the news and color the media, the, the, the movies that we see and the TV say, they have a way of making it seem all harmless and ridiculous. And by ridiculing, you know, every time an announcer on television mentions a UFO or an alien, they snicker. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that? Yes. There's always that little snicker that goes with it. And uh, the little laugh, as if to say, if you believe this, you're crazy. And that's what they do. That's what they do. They've done it for many, many years, and it works. Hitler was able to keep people uh propagandized through similar techniques the way the way he talked when he gave uh, public speeches mm-hmm. the same idea they're very they're very expert at that Len, we've got about 30 seconds left what what's your final message for the listening audience of the Exxon tonight i think if they do buy my book uh and they can get it anywhere they should read that uh last appendix called the path to victory because that's the key that's the key to the whole story and since it was written by an extraterrestrial, I think that should be of great interest to them. It's the key to uh, how we can overcome their control over us. Can that's I, what we need to do. Can I, say that to it, do. can I say it's the key to survival? As a, as a species, you mean? Yeah. Yes. Not as a species because humans are all over the galaxy now. It's key to survival on this particular planet, this particular solar system. Len Kasten, thank you so much for joining us, Len. Always nice talking to you. Take care of yourself. Congratulations with your book. And I look forward to the next time we meet back here in the Exxon. Thanks a lot, Rob. It's nice talking to you. Nice talking to you too, Len. Take care of yourself. Exxonation, Len Kasten has been my guest this hour. His website is www.exxon.com. 
et-secrethistory.net, and Len is the author of Alien World Order. The Reptilian Plan to Divide and Conquer the Human Race is published by Baron Company, and it's available all over the place, online and in your favorite bookstore. I'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Don't go away. 